If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast. So let's get going. Hello there. Back again with Kelly doing the, um, the drama dance, if you will. As you recall, the, probably the last seven weeks, we've been picking up one component of what elicits drama in our lives. Because when we're dealing with self-imposed drama, we're losing our energy. And we're not having a very good time in life. We're thinking about the worst case scenario and um, wasting a lot of our, our really precious energy. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough energy to live the life you want because you're too worried about the self-imposed drama. And today we've talked about addiction and self-doubt, fear, the influence of gossiping, the inability to be honest, pretending you like someone when you don't and not doing anything about it, and um, the uh, inability to examine your bias with which you have begun viewing the world. And today we're going to take on a different topic. And it's it's um, kind of like not being fluid when you're making an important decision. What do I mean by that? Shutting out all data to suggest the decision you finally made is not a good idea. <laughs> I'm sure many of you can relate re relate to this issue where you really want something to happen by gosh, by golly, and you're very justified in the decision you've made. And when anything else comes up, you're just not willing to look at it. And it kind of starts, this kind of thinking kind of starts with this idea of, please don't confuse me with the facts, you know? Um, and what I realized with all the civility workshops I've been doing the past few years, it's very clear that despite new and sparkly data, people are not comfortable with changing their minds, particularly when they know, they, they like the security of knowing how they got their own information and how they gleaned it. And they don't wanna be confused with the facts. They don't wanna be confused with new data. It's a really exceptional person who says, you know, I might be wrong about this. I mean, think about it. How many times have you heard that in your life? Yeah, I might be wrong about this. Well, when you hear it, and it's coming from an honest human who's trying to do the right thing for the right reason, it's exceptionally satisfying. <laughs> so, you know, the this thing I'm talking about, your your lack of fluidity while making an important decision. Once you get to a certain point, like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, by gosh, and I'm not going to change. It starts with our inability to not want to look at the detail. You know, you don't really want to see the bad news that you might look at or, or identify if you're looking at the detail of something. 
So you pretend that it's better than it is. For example, how many of you have um, online payment for your credit card and you can easily look at what you owe, but you're just gonna pick an amount and put it on your auto pay hoping it's enough. <laughs> or let's say your work has um, a type of in infrastructure where you have a particular schedule for me, for maybe from patient to patient or event to event. And, you know, you just want to come in and have an easy day. So you might not look ahead. You might not look at on that schedule, who's on that schedule, how much time you have for certain events. And you might not troubleshoot for the day and go, whoa, I need to do something special to make this day work better. But you just, hmm, don't confuse me with the facts. I'm just going to go to work and have a good day. Or how about, how about this? Um, this is one of my superpowers. You might not look at the clock properly in, in order to get into the shower on time, to get to work on time, because after all, you're doing really good work at home and, and that should count for something. Don't bother me with the detail of what time it is. And maybe maybe you don't want to really look at your pay stub because you're told you make $7,000 a month from your new, new job but you don't want to see how much is taken out for taxes, how much is taken out for insurance and that kind of thing. So you just pretend you're making $7,000 a month. Those are all examples of things that when we don't want to look at details, it morphs into um, our, our bigger, the bigger decisions we make as well. I'm going to, like always, um, take a personal example in mo my own life, keeping up with my commitment for vulnerability in 2023. <laughs> So I wanted to do this amazing training with this guy down in California. And um, the intent of this was so I could get the training so I could learn to do the training and help the people in my practice that are so hard to shift. You know, they have these cylinders of anxiety that are so hard in their body to let go. It almost takes a miracle. So I had I had read a book that outlined the work of this gentleman, in part, the book wasn't about him, but I was, it referenced him. So I therefore went to the internet, checked him out, got his book, read it three times, and decided in my heart, this was kind of a God thing, and I wanted to do this work. So I uh, sent, I sent a request for an interview, which is what he requires to be part of his program. We had the interview, it was fabulous. I was selected, and I was super excited except the fact was it was uber expensive like five six seven times more than i would have ever paid for any training before and it wasn't a great time to spend that kind of money um because we were doing some things at the office that required extra time and extra money and we could have pulled it off i could have moved buckets of financial commitments around um and i was willing to do that but it would have been at a cost for sure. And um, I didn't create a particularly good business plug on how this could increase our income. It was more theoretical, but because I felt like it was a God thing, it therefore must be good. And therefore I must fight for it. And therefore any other data that suggests it's not a good idea is mm, not good. <laughs> you get the gist. So, but but truthfully, when I was crunching the numbers and paying the bills and sending the checks, 
figuring out where, where the money was going to come from, I had some anxiety at the pit of my stomach. And I was reminded during this process from time to time of the investments I have made in the past that didn't pan out. And listen, we all have failures for sure. And we better have failures because if you're not failing, then you're not trying hard enough to be exceptional. So, but when I would have these thoughts of maybe this isn't a good idea, I would summarily dismiss them. No, not going down that path. And and I'd had a conversation with my husband several times that what I found out seemed more theoretical to him than factual. But to me, it was very factual. And to me, the plan was moving forward. But I realized my drama point that I kind of, I kind of knew it might not be the best decision. Um, but I... I, I would, therefore, when talking to my husband, I would not so much focus on the hard facts, but really focus on the emotional gain. And um, that's not the same thing as being completely honest about what is required to make a to make this decision move forward. So um, just recently, I was doing some prep work for the event required some listening to a webinar and some self-study. And my husband was surprised that I had received the initial workbook and asked what I had paid as a down payment. So I told him the truth and he looked really sad and very disappointed because I had in truth not really told him that I was going to do that. It was part of my plan, my well laid out plan. And I didn't want to bother him with the facts because I know he wouldn't like it. And I wouldn't be able to support my plan, but I didn't, you know, it was my plan by gosh, by golly, and I was going to do this thing. Um, so did I get his support on my plan? No, not really. Theoretically, yes. Did I owe him that description in detail, given the fact that it influenced our business and our finances? Yes. Was I was I doing that properly? No. And so the drama cyclone just hit me straight in the face. Like I was hiding, I was hiding from the conflict of how this decision really wasn't perfect, but I was pushing my way towards it anyway. I was not including all the facts and concerns, um, but I had made my mind up and I wasn't going to start trying to change it or find reasons why it's not such a great idea. <laughs> but up until that very moment, I felt very justified in doing this work and making this decision. I mean, after all, I was just trying to become a better person and help other people, right? But because I had been in my drama mode and not being crystal clear about the decision for these past several months, I woke up to my pretend status that it would work out just fine. And, you know, in truth, it probably could have worked out, but it would have been painful. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. It just means I'm going to do it later when I'm properly prepared and I've set the money aside properly and it doesn't challenge everybody else's life. So I was in this drama cyclone. And I just quickly realized that, you know, while this idea was good, it wasn't the right time. And I felt very embarrassed. I felt very um, kind of sad that I had gotten this far without 
being honest with my husband in completion, <laughs> you know, kind of sort of, kind of sort of telling him all the stuff he needed, but not really. And so I quickly went into my office and I decided to postpone this training. I'm not going to do it, not not do it. I will do it, but I'm going to do it with proper training and proper preparation instead of letting the drama cycle run me. And um, so I let my husband, I, I told I told my husband, he was still in not a great space. So I gave him a few hours to collect his thoughts. And then later I walked in and I I thanked him for being that person that helped wake me up from my melodrama, in a sense. And I'm very lucky that I am married to such a remarkable guy that doesn't get mad. He just tries to make points. And so in the moment of pivoting to putting off my desire for some several months, I instantly felt this release of pressure that had been in my body, like trying to make this thing work and hoping I wouldn't have to dredge out all the challenges it would require. Let me just handle it myself and not have to share it. So that was an example for me of being in a space of making the decision and damn it, nobody was going to change my mind until I was forced to look at the fact that this wasn't creating the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people. So my question to you is, what in your life have you recently done where you shoved a decision down someone's throat? That sort of sounds dramatic in and of itself, doesn't it? Um, or what decision did you make that deep down you knew was not perfect, but you didn't want to, you didn't want to say, my bad, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. You just wanted to keep pushing for your right to be right. What decision have you made that's cost a friendship or challenged a really good relationship? Listen, we all make them. We are human. But we can release this drama monkey off our back and mend the decisions so that our decisions are, in fact, creating the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people. What does it require? It requires you not to pretend. It requires you to look at the truth. It requires you not to ignore those niggly feelings like, ah, maybe I'm not doing the right thing after all. And you know what? I promise you, at the end of the day, if you can identify some things you're doing for the wrong reason, because you're just too stubborn to let go, and you make those shifts, you will feel better. No question about it. All right, you guys, have a great week. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, pearsonmurray.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain, really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, you'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, for someone who's driving you nuts, moping around, feeling sorry for themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, go to 8minutestoages.com. Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.